Monster Game Night is a dark comedy actual play podcast that contains personal and political horror. This show is not appropriate for children, and adults can find content warnings in our episode descriptions. Welcome to our Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Bluegrass by Night, where our coterie goes on a bewildering road trip to destroy the wards protecting the fictional city of Jamestown. I am Russell, and I play the Negotiating Lasombra. This is Ben playing Tommaso, the exhilarated Panesca. This is Josh playing Clear Visions, the well-lubricated Toreador. I am Nick, and I play Jason, the Banuakim. Hey, I'm Mike, your sandcastle in the sky sculpting storyteller. Jesus Christ. Boo. Boo, boo, boo. Oh, I need a new one. That is the worst. The stinky storyteller. Hey, I'm Mike, your swanky storyteller. Hell yeah. So what happened last time on Monster Game Night? After completing the mission for Corey and having an unfortunate incident with takeout, we got back and reported back in. Corey let us know that if we needed to find out information about the ward, we'd have to talk to the local Tremere and he wouldn't be able to be of any help. We met the local Toreador, Edward. He informed us that the local branch of SI had the ward in the Giga Caverns. He made us an offer we couldn't refuse. Clear Visions was found out as a Diablerist and was tasked with eliminating the Tremere Primogen, Oswin, who's also in the Giga Caverns. And I just can't stop thinking about the thorough... Hey, hey, wait a minute. We're supposed to deal with SI? Oh, this is going to be fantastic. To set the scene, tonight's session opens in the opulent manor occupied by Edward Stewart, Anarch Baron, Tech Billionaire Extraordinaire. The walls are covered in dark blue velvet... And the entire coterie has been presented with robes bearing the monogram of their own initials, custom printed on the spot. They're standing around discussing their last minute preparations before they complete. They're discussing their last minute preparations before beginning their assault upon the SI stronghold within the Giga Caverns. What are you doing? Gordon's going to walk up to Edward and say, in order to help prepare for this event, we need some party favors. Can you help us out? I think he means drugs. No, he doesn't mean drugs. Just hold on a second. I mean, they're a type of drug. And he hands Edward a list of items that he's looking for. Would any of these be available? Edward takes the list, doesn't even look at it, just throws it over his shoulder, claps his hand. Hankinson, gather the items on this list. Oh, yeah. Hankinson, thanks for those blood bags last night. Much appreciated. So, just to let you know, one of the complicating factors of why we're requesting all this gear is because I made a couple calls last night. We're bringing in some extra assistance. Who's that extra assistant? Yeah, wouldn't you like to know? It turns out having lots of friends is a good thing. You're telling me. I got a ton of friends. Online. And one of them is this big old flamethrower. Oh, God, keep that thing away from me if you know what's good for you. Anyway, what I'm doing is I called in a favor from the capo. It turns out now that the SI knows that the family's involved, we're going to show them how involved we actually are. I got a group of boys that are going to go in with us. And on top of that, I woke Bastion up. How's he doing? Not How's he feeling? Eh, not too good. Held them out a little bit, and I promised them family protection in order to help me round up the rest of his gang to help them cause a little distraction for us. How are his legs? 
Do you still like? Does it? Does it does still missing? Still missing. Okay. What's he feeling, handsy? Oh, he don't have those either. Maybe a little bitey, but not handsy. Ah. Uh, can we bring him along? I want to no, see him bouncing along. No, 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 no. He's staying here. That's part of the family protection. I, I, I want to see him do the worm. Come on now. Oh, yes. You can't do the worm without your arms and legs. I disagree. He does it quite well. He has a strong tongue and dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I got boys coming in. What do you got going on, Claire? Anything? Yes. I have plenty of things. Like, can we just go in there and kill this guy? Ah, oh, what a surprise. Let's get this show on the road. All right, all right, Mr. Gung-Ho. Let's just explain something real fast. You be chill. My guys aren't going to appreciate you running off half-cocked, all right? So you stay serious on this one. Do your best. Well, I'm never half-cocked. I'm aware of that. That's part of the problem. Well... I'll just make sure that I get my part of the mission done and we take down that ward. I think we'll be fine. All right. As I always say. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you always say? <laughs> exactly. You can just hear it in your head now. <laughs> just remember my wise words. I just wish I just I just wish you could get that ringing sound that you get in your ears when there's like absolute silence right now. <laughs> A few moments pass and Edward's manservant strolls in. We see a gentleman who is wearing a very trim, slim-cut tuxedo, head shaved around the middle, head probably not shaved around the middle. Probably the hair's fallen out and he is precise enough to tweeze and shave it until it's at least something resembling a symmetrical shape hair pulled back in white hankinson holds an arm out and says if the good gentleman would follow me i'll take you to your transportation excellent takes about five minutes to walk through this place it's pretty long as the coterie enters into edward's garage we see a sweeping expansive warehouse with vehicles scattered all about it you see that at the center of it there's a white box moving truck and a group of Young men and women have gathered around it. They're wearing leather. They're carrying melee weapons. We see baseball bats. We see tire irons. Tommaso recognizes those individuals as the members of his Putinesca gang. The lead one steps forward, and we see a young man with tightly curled black hair, thick-rimmed glasses, a really carefully shaved chin-strap beard. Hey, Guillermo, is that you? Walks over, holds his hand out, and says, Mr. Bianchi. Ah, Guillermo, did Tito send you? He did. Great timing. Good to see all of you. Hey, I'm just so excited to work with you this time. This is, I've never gotten to, I've never gotten to, like, work on this big league job like this. I'm failing at this voice really hard. Don't worry about that. My voice just cracks sometimes. All right, it's okay. Look, I need to bring some people with me. I'd prefer it was people on the come up, so I'm glad to have you. Now, listen, we're taking on the SI, all right? They were, you were briefed. You know what's going on? Guillermo, you see him kind of furrow his face a little bit, kind of rub at his chin strap beard. Rub on his chin strap. That's connected to his bike helmet. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you don't come along. <laughs> like, I'm not really sure what the SI is, but 
I'm sure you'll tell me if it's important. Yes, I'll explain it on the way then. Thanks, boss. Why bother? Guillermo's just going to die. Hey, I'm sure I didn't mean anything by it, boys. We're all going to live. Guillermo's boys never say die. (laughs) (laughs) It's the never say die crew. What are you talking about? (laughs) I can't do this fucking voice. I'm so sorry to our podcast listeners. Yes, I am not. There's a reason our post-production budget is sky high. Hey, everybody. You want to donate on Patreon or I'm going to keep sounding like this. (laughs) Sandpaper for your ears. Enjoy. Hankinson leans in and he says, excuse me, young master, a word. He points directly at Jason. Yeah. All right. He steps off to the side and gestures a little bit. All right. I'll follow him over. Edward has informed me that it would seem the timeline of your meeting with the Tremere has been advanced quickly. They're very eager to speak with you. And that timeline is now. They're waiting outside, I think. Seriously? Now? Edward said he was deeply regretful and that then went on a very long tirade against the Tremere and their paranoia. But that was improper of me, and I ask that you not reveal that information. I'll give you a reason to be paranoid. Get to the point. Let's go. He just took a shot at all of us. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of the Coterie watches as Hankinson gestures towards a door leading to the outside on the far side of the garage. Jason, what are you doing? I'll catch up with you guys. I got to see what this is about. Wait, what? You're you're kidding me. Where are you going? Jason, you ready to go? We're going to fight DSI. Yeah, we're going. This is like your thing, right? To like kill things? Yeah, we need you. Yeah, we'll get in there real quick. I'll just do some hand-to-hand combat. We don't even need you, right? You're telling me you actually want to miss that, because it's going to be hilarious. All right, you guys go ahead and get started. I got to see what this is about. Go ahead and get started. (sighs) Seriously, kid, you're just going to head off and abandon us right when we're about to do this. Come on. You know, that's showbiz, baby. Sometimes the curveball comes in the live taping, and you just got to roll with it. Ah, shit, whatever. Okay, fine. Go deal with this. I got my boys coming in. We'll handle it. It's okay. I'll take a butter knife and stab somebody for you. Hankinson, you know, we got something going on here that's pretty big. So you're going to have to, wherever we're going, make this quick and bring me to this meetup point. The door swings open. Jason looks out and he sees an elaborate and majestic courtyard. Edward keeps the front of his house with a beautifully manicured lawn. We see expensive cars scattered all around, parked carefully. Like works of art, they've been positioned, sculptures reflecting Edward's Toreador nature. At the very front of the courtyard, on the gates beside it, Jason sees a very long, very dark car. A limousine painted what looks like midnight black, close to purple. Lights shining. He sees a man standing next to it, wearing a deep red uniform, hands clasped behind his back, wearing the hat of a chauffeur. Jason walks across the courtyard. We can hear his feet crunching in the gravel, draws near to the limousine. The chauffeur gives Jason a very deep and uncharacteristic bow, hands both down on his sides, bows folding himself more than in half, stays there for a long moment. All right, Stan, let's thank you. The Lady Charlotte of House Karna will speak with you very shortly. Please. You can see that the door is very heavy. You see his hand straining as he opens it. In fact, he pulls the door of this dark SUV open and 
light pours out from the inside. Jason sees brilliantly white, bright, piercing snow white. He sees that it's lit softly. The man gestures inside. Do I see anyone inside? Jason looks around. He doesn't see anybody inside. So we'll be meeting them elsewhere? Yes. All right. Very good. Let's not waste any more time. I'll sit inside. Nicer even than Clear Vision's tour bus. This bitch. If Clear Visions has four <laughs> dots in comfort, this place has six dots in comfort. See, Clear Visions needs to take a note here. Shot fired. <laughs> I feel attacked and limited by the balance of my five dots. <laughs> <laughs> Even the floors themselves are bright white and immaculately clean. Jason finds himself in a nice leather armchair. Next to him, he sees... A very handsome green glass bottle filled with a dark liquid. Ooh. I'm going to go ahead and open it. <laughs> Jason picks it up and sees it on the front of it. There's some printing. Pulls the cork out of it. And he smells lush, warm Vitae. Fills the car. Ooh, yes. I'm definitely drinking this. Jason drinks it. And this is Kindred Vitae. Do I get anything from my taste of blood? You have to roll for that. <laughs> nice try. I believe you make a roll of your blood sorcery plus your intelligence, I think. Okay. Two successes. Jason pours the Vitae into a chandelier glass that's been made available for his... No, I'm just going to drink straight from the bottle. Very well. Heathen. So dirty. Drinks directly from the bottle, ignoring the champagne flute that's been provided for his purpose. Takes a sip of it. It's heady. It's thick. It's strong, but he can't tell anything about the kindred that produced this. Is it a little bit salty? Its blood is always salty. There's a warm, coppery, salty taste that fills his mouth. I just drink it. All Co of it. Coats the throat. He drinks it. It's been removed from the donor long enough that he knows he's in no danger of being blood bonded by it. As he finishes, he looks and he sees that on the bottle, there's a printed label in black with lines of silver. He sees... A shape of the alchemical symbol for sulfur. Jason feels the car begin to move forward. He doesn't hear anything from the outside. It's isolated, silent. He can barely feel swaying. He can't feel any of the texture of the road beneath him. None of the bumps. This car is like floating on air. As the car rolls forward, a large screen lowers from the roof, lights up, and the first thing that catches his attention is a pair of eyes they look human, except they're glowing faintly orange. He can see an indistinct outline. A figure masked in shadow looks at him. And that's a good moment for us to cut away from Jason. And waiting in the garage, there is a very large white box truck. Along the side is printed Stuart Cybersecurity Consultants. You see that two men in blue jumpsuits are seated in the front of it. And Hankinson walks over and pulls the back gate of the truck open. You see inside, there are metal shelves stacked with the firearms and dart guns and other equipment that you have restrict that you have requested. You just see Gordon like start taking and putting trench guns in pockets you never knew he had. True bag of holding stuff. That trench coat's got all those pockets. That's right. All right, that's perfect. Okay, go over see my man in the trench coat over there. He's got a few things for you guys to use. Sup, are you the uh, 
The hired help. Oh, careful. You see Guillermo sling his golf club over his back, kind of shoving it through the backpack he has on his back, and he takes two of the Trank guns from Gordon and sticks them into his pockets. Hey, Bianchi, are these guys supposed to be in the front or the back? They're following me. Okay, all right. Okay, make sure you hold those things sideways, both of them. Don't listen to him. That way it's a kill shot. Hey, no, uh-uh. We're not trying to kill people with these guns. Yeah, but that's how you make them into kill mode. No, no, none of that. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you, we are trying to go silent. So you use trank guns first and real guns after. Permanently silent. How many shots I got in this? Seven. Twenty-five. That's why it's so long. <laughs> That's what she said. It's the only way I roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picturing like one of those little like tiny like paperclip crossbow guns with like a mini gun. <laughs> like, chamber on it. <laughs> or the realsiest. You just see Gordon doing the typical like quiet gunman about to go into a fight, checking his equipment, cleaning it, making sure it's all in good working order. Tommaso already did that. He's busy waving his goon squad into the truck. Oh, that's what he calls his penis. <laughs> it uh, takes a long time to get in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Each of the goons has a wheelbarrow, just parts of it. Uh, you see clear visions tightening his white jacket, um, securing his tie, putting a tie clip on, and then patting Teresa on the head. Yeah, uh, stay out of the bird's way, by the way. Oh, she'll, she'll fuck you up. That's the clinical term. One of the men in the front in a blue jumpsuit steps out. You see a heavyset man, shaved bald, walks around and reaches up and grabs the strap on the tailgate and pulls it closed, and you hear it latch shut. A few moments later, you hear the engine come to life, and you feel the truck shudder as it begins to roll forward. All right, so as we draw close, Tommaso picks up his secure phone. Yancey? Yeah, this is Yancey. Are you guys in position? You ready to go? Yeah, we're ready to go. All right. Simple instructions, just do what we normally do. That's right. You guys have a good night out there. Anybody from inside approaches you, you incorporate them into the club if you catch my drift. Been looking for new members. Have fun. Line goes dead. What's going on is I have the remnants of Bastion's gang out front of the Giga Cavern. This is where they're basically going to hold their fight club for the evening. I'm hoping that it draws SI attention and maybe a few of them out there. And once they do get out there, they're going to turn on them. Try to break them in, if you understand. I like it. And do we just sneak in the side or what? Are, how are we getting in? Well, there's a back entrance that we think they don't know about. I think we use it. There's a knock up against the wall. You hear someone pound a fist up against the back wall of the truck. The prearranged signal that you're five minutes out. Any last minute preparations being made? I hand each of them a trank gun. And I say, now clear. This is the one you want to turn sideways for the kill shot. This is filled with a deadly poison. Neuro- neurotoxin, my fave. It's not deadly to kindred. It's only deadly to humans. Okay, I know these are tranquilizer guns, though. I appreciate the effort. I'll be quiet. Okay, let let me let me explain something to you, okay? I don't think you've gone up against SI before. These guys 
even though they're mortals, they can fuck you up. Be careful. Why? They're mortals. Who even cares? They're mortals specifically trained to deal with us. Do you know how many people I've already killed? These were not these guys. At this moment, the truck slows to a halt. The gate is lifted up. The coterie steps out, or the coterie looks around, and they see stone arches creating an entrance to the Kingsport Zoo. You see statues of animals all around, a vast empty parking lot, high metal fences, towering phosphorescent lights raining down. The zoo is, of course, abandoned at this time of night. Any cameras? Almost certainly. Can we see them? You mean to tell me that he sent us here and he didn't give us a route to avoid cameras? The man in the blue jumpsuit says, oh yeah, I was supposed to do something about that. You see him pull out a tablet and click a couple of buttons and he says, okay, cameras shouldn't be a problem for you now. All right. You got any buttons to open up the gate on there too? Uh, yeah, actually. Fiddles around for a second and the wrought iron gates of the zoo swing open. So, boys, let's be quiet. Even though the cameras are off, there could be security around here. All right, you lead the way. And Gordon's going to slink into the shadows and lead the way. Give me a roll of dexterity plus stealth. This is a slinking slinking check. Do you need us all to do it? Yeah, dexterity plus slinking. Dexterity plus slink. I only have two dice in this. I would actually die if somebody had a specialty in slinking. (laughs) (laughs) I would make it relate to slinkies. Do not get hungrier. I'm going to apologize right now. (laughs) So, Clear Visions. Hello. How does Clear Visions get caught by a security guard as you're trying to make your way into the nocturnal house? I think I get a phone call. (laughs) 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 And you hear my ringtone that's like, Clear Visions, Clear Visions. (laughs) I answer the phone, then to say, hey, Timmy, not now. Timmy, I'm going to need you to, Timmy, shut your mouth. Really important. Okay, go ahead. Suzanne said that we need to get off the bus. Is that okay? He's still on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Clear's going to put his hand up and say to the group, okay, hold, I got to take this call. Nobody listens. <laughs> Gordon's already like 30 yards ahead of him. Yeah, and my guys are listening to me, not you. So we're gone. Okay, Timmy, why, why are you getting off the bus? Suzanne says we should. She said that it's really important that we get off the bus for a little bit. Okay, well, listen to her. She seems like she knows best. Okay, we'll listen to her. Thanks. I'm sorry for calling you. Also, never call this line again. <laughs> Slam the phone. <laughs> And he turns around, and there's a guard right behind yeah, him. And then I look back up at the group. <laughs> As Clear Visions turns around, he's greeted by the bright flash of a flashlight being shined directly in his face. Hey, what the fuck are you doing out here? I was taking a phone call. What are you doing? Gordon walks up behind the security guard, taps him on the shoulder, and just says, forget, to his face, and causes him to forget the last few minutes. The security guard's face goes blank. Stops for a moment, stands still like an animatronic whose wires have been cut. Gordon then pushes clear vision down the path of where we're going and says, hurry the fuck up. We don't have time for this bullshit. 
and continues on. You know how difficult it is to walk and talk on the phone? I'm still Yeah, don't answer your goddamn phone. Turn it on silent. Can you show In me? In fact, very yet. Here, I'll show you. Let me see the phone. Yeah, can you just make sure it's muted? Yeah, yeah. Leave the do, vibration on do, permanently. Do you hand me the phone? Do you hand me the phone? Yeah. Okay. He takes the phone and just holds it in his hand and then is like, I think it's right here, right here. And then opens it up and just snaps the phone in half and throws it into the, the uh, enclosures on either side. I mean, all you have to do is press like two buttons and you're going to break it anyway. I'm going to say the moment that Gordon touches a button, it already it starts to spark. <laughs> Oh, darn, clear, it broke, I'm sorry. And Gordon just walks on. Do you just hear, clear? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's okay, I got like three more of those on my bus. That's fine. I did like that one, though. It was white with silver trim, but it's fine. Okay, you two, keep an eye on him and make sure he sticks with us. You make your way to the nocturnal house. You find the doors unlocked. Lights are down and low. The only illumination inside is provided by the red exit signs. Before we before we open it, I want to check it to see, like, I just want to barely open it to see if there's any, like, tripwires or anything that would give us away. Gordon pushes it open slightly, softly. Go ahead, give me a roll of wits plus. Yeah, wits investigation sounds good. To re-roll, re-roll three dice, that's three successes. Three successes. Gordon is confident there is nothing monitoring this door. He can say that with great certainty. All right, and right as he starts to head forward and feeling confident, Tommaso puts a hand on his chest and says, hold on just a second. He's going to take a sniff of the air, listen real closely, try to see if there's anything else he can detect about the surroundings. Animal ship. Go ahead and give me a roll of wits plus awareness. That's what I was going for. What kind of animals are in the nocturnal house? I'm about to reveal some of that. Bats. Just bats. Just Just a thousand bats. A few bats, yeah. Six. Okay, I feel like the information that I have for you is probably not... It's not six worthy. It's not six worthy. It's not six worthy, but I at least guaranteed you're going to give me everything, so it's fine. If you just read off the information of one of, like, the animal, like, info plaques, like, I would actually lose my mind. (laughs) He took a picture two weeks ago specifically for this. (laughs) Tommaso pauses, and he's standing in the nocturnal house. They have pushed through a slightly concealed door. Not really concealed, but hidden in a way so that your average zoo visitor doesn't notice it, but anyone who studied it for any length of time would find it. Tommaso stops and listens, and looks about, his eyes quickly adapt to the darkness, and he knows now he's standing in the lynx habitat. He sees huge yellow eyes staring out at him, reflecting the little amount of light that's found inside of here. And as he pauses and he sniffs the air, he smells Vitae. The cats in here, they've been given Vitae from a kindred. Gordon, something weird going on here. I can smell Vitae on the air. I think these cats got fed a kindred fairly recently. Got fed a kindred or were given kindred blood? It could be either. Hey, hey, Tommaso. They might just be ghouled. That's possible. Mm. I mean, it would make sense if the prince wanted a escape hatch that is protected that she would 
give them her blood, cool them so they don't attack Kindred. Yeah, how are the animals reacting to us being in here? Yeah, I'm not an animal expert, but I don't think it's like they've acquired a taste for us. I don't think they're going to come after us. Well, as long as they're not hostile, I'd see no reason why we can't proceed. I agree. It's not like they're going to let somebody know that we were here. So you guys tell me, where is the secret entrance hidden away? I'm going to say that it's, it is a graded air, like air vent shaft. That is located in a family restroom. All right, so you guys tell me who leads someone over and how you do this. I Yeah, Gordon's going to start going over to the air vent. Uh, he opens up the family bathroom, goes to the air vent, and starts working the screws out from the air vent. While that's happening, Tommaso hand signals to his squad, places them in guard positions, so they're ready in case someone either enters the same way they came in or someone comes out of the secret entrance. Yeah. And then Gordon looks around and says, and holds his thumb up as in, we ready? And Tommaso replies back. And all, then All clear. <laughs> and then Gordon shakes his head, takes the air vent cover off, and then climbs in. All nine of you climb into the air vent. Wait, are the dudes coming with us? Yes. Okay, I didn't know if they were here to, like, protect the exit. No, no, we're getting exfiltrated later. I'm not worried about that right now. You climb into the air shaft. It's a tight fit. You can feel unsanded, unpolished aluminum cutting at your skin and pulling at your clothing. It forces you to crawl on your stomach. It takes a long time. Five to ten minutes. It feels very constricted. It's very dark. But you keep crawling forward. Gordon at the front, and before long, Gordon's eyes perceive a spot where the darkness is deepest. It looks like a dead end. Plug the hole. I think we can just turn around in here. We're going to have to shimmy our way back out. Gordon wants to look around and see, like, if he could, like, did they weld it shut? Like, how? Did, what did they do? Give me a roll of intelligence plus investigation. I don't get hungrier. That's five successes. Five successes. Gordon. Gordon has a moment. Monument. Gordon has a moment of panic. They sealed this door off. They know about it. They blocked us out. The entire plan is ruined. And he starts to feel around. And then suddenly, icy cold logic takes over. It's a hidden door in a dark place. There's going to be a latch somewhere. Gordon begins to search and feel around. And he finds a small metal lever cool to the touch my 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 mr my low to the right he can feel the wall is heavy stone clearly the exit into the giga caverns and yes i think this is a good opportunity to take a short break hey everybody ben here sorry about interrupting the episode but taking a minute to ask you a favor we're not totally a fan of running ads in our podcast, but we do need to cover some of our costs to keep the lights on over here. I'm sure you understand. So if you're able to, please go to coffee.com slash monster game night and kick us a few dollars. Be much appreciated. And thanks for listening. Give us your money, nerds. Yeah. Gordon finds a cold metal latch down close to where his right hand falls in the door. He can feel the rough hewn stone Clearly a concealed doorway. 
on this wall that opens out into the Giga Caverns. The rest of the coterie is crawling behind you as quietly as possible, and you hear the six members of Tommaso's posse coming in behind as well. What do you wish to do? What do I see around? It's dark. Black. Stone. Spider-Man. Doesn't look secure. I guess. I don't know. It's hard to see in here. I oh. wish I had my phone to light up the screen. <laughs> I'm going to enhance my hearing. Can I hear movement in Ooh. the distance? Or breathing, for that matter. Yes. Clear visions can, in fact, hear breathing beyond this doorway. A lot. Sounds like a single person. Just one. You think you could lure him in here? So, Gordon is... He's going to open the uh, open the latch and just barely crack open the door and see. Squeaky hinges. Gordon pushes the door open. The hinges are extremely silent. He can tell this door was meant to be opened in utter stealth. Gordon pushes the door open and there's a slit of light that falls across his eyes. Looking forward, he sees a brightly lit room with corrugated aluminum walls built on three sides. He can see that he's coming in from a stone wall on one side. He sees that there's no windows in here looking out, just brilliantly light fluorescent lights. He shifts his head to peer around a little further, and he sees a single man, powerfully built, giant shoulders, giant arms, wearing a black and gray uniform, military-style cover on his head, feet kicked up on the desk in front of him, showing a computer screen with a monitor feed. Does he have a clear line of sight for a shot? Does Gordon have a clear line of sight? Yeah. Gordon has a clear line of sight. Yeah, he's going to... Um, it doesn't look like this guy's wearing like armor or anything. He's clearly a desk jockey, right? He's clearly a desk jockey. Okay, yeah. He's just going to find a clean spot on his body and pop him with a trank gun. Give me composure firearms. Okay. The rouse of the blood. That's four successes. Four successes. Luckily, this man is large and broad enough that shooting him in the neck is pretty easy. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a fat desk jockey is what you're saying. Eh, he's had oh, one too many uh, Twinkies. He's got a power belly. I'm sorry. Dwinkies. Twinkies. Dwinkies. Yes. There's a soft whisper of CO2 escaping from Gordon's dart gun. Dart flies across, lands in the man's neck. See him stop for a moment. And suddenly his arms fall slack to his sides. We see his phone drop out of his hands and clatter to the floor. And his feet slide off the desk. And he falls over onto his side on the rough, hard ground. Do I hear any, like, movement coming into the room or anyone that may have noticed him falling off. You do not hear anyone that may have noticed him falling off. All right. I think we're good. And with that, Tommaso comes out behind Gordon, looks over, sees the guy laying down, walks over, snaps his neck. So are you getting... So who exited the air vent first? Because you were behind him. Well, I figured yeah, Gordon... So, so Gordon would be the first Yeah, one. I figured Gordon would crawl out and then as soon as Tommaso gets out, he's going to Make sure the guy doesn't cause any other problems. The coterie begins to pour out of the air vent. Yep. 
Tommaso walks over, snaps neck. You look around now. You see you're standing in what looks like a guard shack. You see steel corrugated walls, no insulation to them at all. Just probably one layer of aluminum between you and the rest of the Giga Caverns. On three walls, the fourth wall is the stone that you came in through. You see there's a hasty roof overhead made from plywood. And on the wall where the guard was sitting, you see a ramshackle desk has been installed, made from plywood and two-by-fours nailed together. At the top of it, you see what looks like a bank of security cameras looking out throughout the Giga Caverns. Okay. You're saying like camera feed. Monitors. One monitor has a camera feed. And you see that next to it, there's another monitor that seems to be filled with names and data, that locations and information, and some of it looks familiar. Some of it looks like names that Tommaso recognizes, in oh, fact. Fuck. Good. Just posted a link in Discord. Yeah, with that, Tommaso's going to take a seat at the desk, see what he can see. And he's going to say, all right, I need two of you to stay here. One to keep this hatch open, the other one keeping an eye on the door. No matter what happens, anyone other than us comes in here, you trank them and you eliminate, just like I did. Got it? Yes, sir. You see, Guillermo grabs two of his guys and steps off to the side. All right, do we want to post this up on the website too? Why don't you tell our listeners what is on the document that you found on this computer monitor? All right, so... Sitting at the desk, Tommaso takes a look at the right side monitor that doesn't have the camera feed on. Actually, first, before he starts studying it, he watches the camera feed flick through at least two cycles. I would assume there isn't one covering this room. There is not one covering this room. Okay. Uh, Since I made sure we're clear, I'm going to go back to that one later. So, on the right side, there is a listing... It's titled Known to Bravo Havens. It has several different columns on it. First one is location. Then faction or factions, primogen, known agents, gladius. And then there's a further down one that says no haven detected. So we're going to put this up on the website so you guys can take a look at it. Gordon is like, he's trying to see this from far away. And he's like, well, fuck me. Well, they, it looks like they may know where, who owns what city. Hey, Tommy, your name's on here. Yeah, yeah, you think I didn't notice that? This looks like it is a little out of date, though. I know for a fact that this Gladius Lily, she's out of the picture. What is Gladius? What is that? Because it has Suzanne here, too. Yeah, that's curious to me. And then... We know Brienne, right? Did we meet Brienne? Brienne Soniani. That's the that's the last name that Suzanne was using. Yeah, that's right. I know. That's why I was asking. Maybe it's her girlfriend. <laughs> Part anarchist and Antoinette. So this is clearly a document talking about prominent kindred. Sorry, Claire, your name's not on here. Well, he's not a prominent kindred in the area. No, I'm more of a national threat. You know, regional. I'm working on it. Interesting they didn't have anything on Oxford. 
never said Gordon's not on here either. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah, probably because no one knows who he is. It's fine. And that's the way I like it. Now, the thing that the thing that concerns me personally is they have my actual name on here instead of my mask. It doesn't necessarily mean they've tied the two together. Well, what's interesting for me is you've got Tuckerson as the primogen for Crown Vale. That's really funny to me. Yeah, I enjoy that too. I'm I'm inclined to let that slide. They got Corey and Virgil listed correctly for here, but once again, it's out of date. Virgil's not the NR primogen anymore. Yeah. It is interesting. It's also interesting that they just have Capo in for the primogen of uh, Lafayette. It's good that they don't know his name. We need to make sure we keep it this way. Who's Kitty, though? Somebody we might run into in Greenville. Let's make Maybe. sure. To, let's make sure to make a note of that. Dead Sap. That's Sabat. Well, why don't we take a picture of this and then we'll. Yeah, Tommy, take a picture and you can uh, send it to our respective uh, factions later. All right. Done. Okay, let's take a look at these cameras now. So let us know what we see on each of them as it flips through. You watch, there are two dozen cameras, and you watch each of them. You see a similar event happening on each of them. And I don't think it's worth making you roll for this. Yeah. You see the man, or you see a man or a woman walking up to it and looking directly into the camera and you see thin lines that look like triangulation measuring the shape of their face clearly facial recognition deployed to recognize guard patrols as they walk around so are they pausing and allowing it time to scan or is it catching them as they move they pause to allow it time to scan them hey tommy Maybe we should call Edward and see if he can do something about these security cameras for us. You sure we should call him from in here? We don't have a better option, do you think? All right. Can we just text him? Well, you could if you still had your phone. I mean, you you should be able to text him. I'll get to it right now. Hold on a second. Yeah. All right. So Tommaso gets a secure phone back out. Looks up Gordon's contact and sends out inside facial recognition active assist question. Tommaso gets a text back very quickly that says closed system, no outside lines. My boys may be able to take everything offline. Will be a few minutes. All right. In case they can't. Can, does, like, describe the setup. Is it, does it look like it's all housed here in this room? Go ahead and give me a roll of intelligence plus technology. <laughs> and it's going to go just about as well for any of us, so. Dude, I finally get hungry. You did it. What hunger are you at? One. Oh. Only took him 48 episodes. That's three successes. Three successes. This ramshackle room... Everything in here is so small. It's just a monitor. Triangle math is really hard. <laughs> There's no way you could do all of that with this little computer. You need big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Triangle math is hard. 
Where is the lie? Spot the lie. Gordon is fairly confident that whatever system is powering the facial recognition software, it's not in here. This is just a display. I think our only option is to stay put until Edward's guys do what they're going to do. Does one of them flash out to the main entrance? Can I see what's going on out there? Tommaso can see that outside of the main entrance, Bastion's gang has gathered and started a small fight circle. He sees that two of the guards are doing their best to push everyone apart and get them to stop, but they're not being very successful. (laughs) He sees that the truck, labeled Stewart Cybersecurity, has entered and is meandering its way down the roadway. Okay, looks like that truck's getting in position. Everybody that's coming, get ready. We're probably going to have to move quickly. Someone roll 10 dice for me. Oh, got it. Are you using my dice? What? Are these your dice? It might be. I said, no, I poured all these out. You use my dice against me? I prefer that, actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, damn. Three tens and then two successes. What? So three tens. So each of those count for two. Yep. So plus eight total. Eight total. Wanted to roll low. Crap. <sighs> Tommaso gets a phone. Tommaso gets a phone. <laughs> I mean, I have one, but great. <laughs> it is going to cost you extra because it's not on your current contract. Damn but it. we'll work out the details later. These stupid target deals. <laughs> I knew I should have went with consumer cellular. <laughs> <laughs> so wrong on so many levels. Yep. Tommaso gets a text from Edward's number. It's just a frowny face. Oh, crap. Um, I'm going to take that to mean that's not going to work. Whatever they had planned. So we say, fuck it. So how, how do we proceed? We could potentially take these cameras out one at a time, but I'm worried if we take one down, it'll set whatever's monitoring off. Oh, yeah. Whoever's looking at the camera feeds will lose their shit. Well, hopefully it was this guy. Yeah, I... You know, I think I don't have a choice, though. Okay, hold on a second. Tomaso's going to go back over to the guy. He's going to search, see what he has on him. Yeah, take his pocket change. Yeah, you can do that later. Tomaso searches through the man's belongings. He finds, of course, the common thing, cell phone, ID. Picture from his kids. Uh, actually, no photograph of his kids, interestingly enough. I was going to say, and I look at those two <laughs> brats. He finds a hand-drawn picture commemorating daddy's final day of work before he retired. (laughs) First of all, that is up on the desk. He finds a piece of macaroni (laughs) art. Clutched into his unconscious hand. No, it's in his beard. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hanging from his unconscious neck is a macaroni necklace. <laughs> you mean his broken neck? With an ID that says, Contractor Daryl Stone. He sees that there's some other information in there about just his dates that his contract is valid for. There's a list of what it says are sectors. And then there's a list of ABC and check marks next to all of them. That's about it. This guy doesn't have a lot of other stuff on him. Yeah, I figured he wouldn't have a lot. Um, He does find this guy's got a gun. Police issue, Glock 19. Meh. 
We got better stuff right here. Do you want to lead the way, Tommy? And do we see in the camera feed? Do we see the ward or like anything, anything that's being specially guarded? Yeah. You watch for a while. You can see another building. You see a much larger building than this one. This one is small. This is the size of a garden shed. You see a much larger building the size of an aircraft hangar. It seems like you can see that one in most of the camera feeds where the facial recognition is happening. You can see it over someone's shoulder or something. That seems to be the center of activity. I bet that's where the convocations used to happen. I think so as well. The thing is, if I dress up like this guy, the facial recognition stuff is going to figure out I'm not him very quickly. Yeah. And if I and if I don't show my face, if I like pull the hat down or something like that, it's probably also going to set it off. I think we're better better off just taking out the cameras as they as we find them. <clears throat> I really don't think we have a a better option. I mean, I'm not worried about myself because the cameras aren't going to see me. I'm worried about you becoming internet famous. Well, that's the problem. I probably already am internet famous. And we already know this one's internet famous. But uh, he's yeah. the right kind of internet famous, not the infamous kind. Oh, keep talking. Tell, talk more about how I'm famous. Well, did you I see my follower count? What are you up to, two? Oh, yeah, I got at least I got at least four digits now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are all the digits zero, 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 one? Oh, no, there's a decimal point in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Hey, wait, I have half of a follower. <laughs> Tom, Tommy's going to go back to the phone really quickly. He's going to send back an angry face. And he's going to send back, like, the red sweating tongue out emoji. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking the smirk one, but <laughs> just to let him know that we're still, like, going ahead with it. Edward returns with the four-leaf closer, with the four-leaf clover emoji, and then a gun. Hell yeah. All right. Okay, double tap that one. No, That's no, a good one. No, no, no. Oh, we like that one. No, no time for that. We gotta go. So Gordon opens up the door that leads to this room. Just barely, so he can look out. What does he see? Gordon pushes the door of the guard shack open slightly, slowly, with the trained caution of a secret agent. He looks out. He sees a massive, massive dome. He sees a rough dirt roadway covered with gravel leading down into a deep pit. There's very little light. The light that exists has provided by standing work lights shining towards a single building at the center, large with a curved roof, aluminum siding. Looks like the aircraft hangar that he's been seeing in the camera feeds. He also sees, hanging over the very top of it, down from above, a massive black banner with lights pointing at it. On that banner, he sees the hurricane shape it is the Vortex Industries logo. Oh. <laughs> okay, so they clearly have to be getting power from somewhere. Is there a little outbuilding that has like a panel or something like that that I can see from where I am? Gordon looks around. Go ahead and give me a roll of wits plus awareness. I do not get hungrier. <laughs> Holy willpower, Batman. I want to make sure I got this. Uh, that's six successes. Six successes. Six. That's a whole lot of sixes. 
That is a lot of sixes. Four sixes. sixes. Four sixes. Sixes. And two nines. We're Monster Game Night, a vampire actual play podcast, putting the suck in success. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Ciao. That needs to be on the business <laughs> card. That would be on the business card. <laughs> Gordon looks around. He sees there are utility lines in here, strung from posts and from towers. However, when he looks at the large aircraft hangar-like building, he sees another outbuilding that has ventilation and looks like it probably houses a backup generator. So we need to hit both. They've come from the Carl Tuckerson School of Building Design. That's okay. <laughs> Frickin' pauses for a second and realizes the SI is probably even more paranoid than Carl Tuckerson. Yeah, I wonder why. Honestly, though, we don't need to hit both. If you just turn the breakers off, then that's that. And if you feel confident about getting there, you can try it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, gonna I'm gonna try and stealth over there. To to the breakers. The building where Gordon is looking out from is two hundred feet away from the large aircraft hangar like building. It's across a large gravel pit. We can see the remnants of mining activity, and the pit goes on further and deeper. The road continues on in the darkness. How many guards does he see in the air? Looking around, Gordon can see, at any given time, half a dozen guards patrolling in pairs of two. So in relation to where I am, where is the building with the breakers? Or what, what appears to be some kind of like electrical shed or something like that? Gordon looks and he can see that there is a second outbuilding attached to the aircraft hangar that looks to have a large number of electrical lines coming into it. All right, hey, Tommy, why don't you have your guys go and make a distraction? Uh, go, Just have them go and assault the backup generators while we go to the main building and take out that one. Hmm. I like I think, that. I like that plan. I think that's going to be the only way we do this. Yeah, let's just go in. Balls deep. All right, if you insist. Okay, boys, huddle up real quick. Yeah, boss? We're going to need to split tasks here. The four of you that are going in, because you said I had six, right? You have six? Okay. okay. The four of you that are going in are going to go and try to take out that main generator. Now, I don't expect you to succeed without getting engaged. You have the trank guns. You have your training. You can kick these guys' ass. Trust me. Just be careful. They're ready for you. Give me a roll of charisma plus leadership. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> First time for a leadership role. Yeah, I did a leadership role on Josh once. I'm definitely rousing for this, because otherwise I have one die in it. <laughs> I do not get hungrier. Hey, there's also a first time for everything. I know, right? Actually, it's already happened a few times. <laughs> if someone's about to ask if you can help, yes, just yes. give me, tell me how you're helping. Oh, yeah, so... <laughs> As Ben gestures over to Josh's direction. Okay, boys. I just want you to know your sacrifices will be remembered. At that, but so with that being said, your memories will live long in the minds of us, who will live long lives. I need a dice boost, not a dice <laughs> penalty. Yeah, so I'm gonna say ignore him, and then I'm gonna say here, take these. And I'm going to open up my coat and pull out six grenades and give one to each. Give me a roll of intelligence plus resources. 
Why? Because I don't know how many more grenades you have. No, first of all, I got these from Edward. Is in the. I think it was canonical that Gordon has a six pack. We didn't define what that six pack was. <laughs> That's true. So it is a six pack of grenades. Pop, yeah. pop, 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 pop. <laughs> no, this is the question I'm going to ask. An average grenade weighs about two pounds. You've been crawling through a dryer vent. How many grenades is Gordon carrying? I would say he is carrying. <laughs> I would say probably no more than six, but he also was going to carry a couple of flashbangs and a couple of smoke grenades. I love not playing D&D and then also worrying about encumbrance. I know, right? But also when someone is like, I have 17 grenades and I'm like, ha! wait a second, bro. Like you yeah. can hand out six of them. Like, okay. It's cool. the D&D. I so, pull out like yeah, my don't, foot ladder. Yeah. D- yeah. Don't, don't worry about it. Seriously. he's He's got this. I've got five successes, four of which is a crit. I mean, like... So, unfortunately, you do only have five grenades. Unfortunately, I do have a six-pack of grenades. <laughs> in fact, Gordon has hollowed out a cavity in his stomach specifically to carry grenades. What a trick. Well, I gotta learn how to do that. I know. I told you guys. Six-pack, man. Why is it also refrigerated? <laughs> That's where I keep my beer. Gordon hands out six grenades and... All right. So, um, how many extra dice am I getting? So, spe- I don't fucking know. <laughs> Specifically, I hand out four grenades to each of the guys attacking and two smoke grenades to the guys that are left behind. Mechanically, we should each add one dice. Okay. Because his support and then my intimidation factor of like. <laughs> oh, you're going you to intimidation. Like, <laughs> okay, I feel better now. You, you will die and it is okay. And I am getting into their heads. Some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice. That I'm willing to make. Willing to make. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a Russell roll right here. That's right. All right. We're going to make sure this succeeds. All right. I'm going to take this. Hey, succeed magnificently. Watch it be like one, 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 what, three, one? four. <laughs> well, out of all of that, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Seven successes. A, a paltry seven. <laughs> <laughs> seven successes is a nearly impossible success so somehow Claire's intimidation actually worked on these hardened Putinesca thugs they don't know who they're messing with Guillermo looks at Clear Visions and he says I don't understand what you're saying but I'm gonna fucking do it I'm so psyched up right now I'm gonna go fucking shoot all these guys and I'm gonna make distraction I'm gonna throw these grenades that I got just be sure to destroy the generator. Yeah, that. I'm going to destroy the generator. That's Guillermo with two L's. If you need to, grab them and just suicide bomb it. I'm so inspired right now. I'm going to die for a cause I believe in. Damn straight. Kill these SI bastards. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck the SI is, but I'm just so stoked to die right now. They know what the SI is. Come on. <laughs> Okay, before you die, the second Inquisition. <laughs> we really need to tell you about our enemy here. <laughs> These bastards gut and kill us for fun. They poke and prod us. They made him into who he is today. I point at clear visions. For real, for real, bro. That is not cool. <laughs> God. No. no. This guy's from this guy is from Jersey. <laughs> oh. The Jersey Shore. <laughs> This is Guillermo the situation. <laughs> I was so... the situation because he goes into bloody conflict <laughs> and makes it a situation. <laughs> I was so excited to do this and now I regret it so much. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know why you were excited for this. 
I'm like your child. I am your fault, Ben. You knew we were going to fuck you up somehow. <laughs> yes, I should have known. I'm just picturing the It's Always Sunny like title screen, and it's like, the gang causes a suicide bombing. <laughs> Tommaso, I thank you for your sacrifice and the resources that you spent in order to make these characters a reality so that we could eliminate them. <laughs> 12 XP down the train. <laughs> Tommaso, I am just so happy to have fought alongside you. And, you know, this, I may not make it back, but I just want you to know that this is the best possible thing that could have happened for me. And to have the opportunity to do this for you, you see Guillermo and his other three team members, grenades in one hand, trank guns in the other, dash out into the gravel. We see rocks spraying behind them as they start to rush and scream and you see all of the guards every single two-person guard team swivel present rifles raise them and begin to creep forward crouch down obviously seeing this team of miscreants prepared to attack their base well we should have had them cook their grenades so if they fall ben the actual person is taking two willpower damage right now (laughs) there psychological yeah uh, I actually regained a humanity. <laughs> How weird. I, I hope that my voice expresses my physical sadness about this for the rest of the episode. <laughs> oh. So seeing them rush across the gravel and all these guns trained on them, I'm going to now stealth my way across to the, <laughs> to the electrical building. It is astonishingly easy down here. It's a lot of dark, a lot of shadows. Gordon the Lasombra, master of light and shadow. I tell you guys to wait for the lights go out. You don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> oh, I hope you're quick. I need someone to roll three dice for me. I'm not doing it. I would love to. Maybe <sighs> you haven't really rolled any dice tonight. I don't know. He killed the EMP. That is three successes. God damn it. Holy shit. My dice are hot. No, that's a... <clears throat> you watch... Sorry, I need one more die in that pool. Yeah, there's four of them. It's now a crit. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 10 in the first one, and then a 10 just now. Is that good or bad? So, Tommaso. Apparently it's good. That's six successes, so. Yeah. Clear visions, Tommaso, Gordon. You watch as Guillermo's crew takes off and runs, shouting and screaming, But holy shit, fucking something that you said in this word salad of garbage you put into their ears gave them the mental fortitude to dodge goddamn bullets. (laughs) You see all of these guards raise their rifles. Every single last one of them begins taking shots, and it should be so easy. They're not getting shot at. This should be simple. They have four obvious intruders. This is what they're trained and prepared for, and yet... Stormtrooper accuracy. Every single one of them fucking misses every single shot. You see rounds going through Guillermo's leather jacket as he draws back his grenade and knocks the pin out of it with his teeth, flings it forward, three other grenades land, and the generator is completely destroyed. They turn around. They don't even bother to run on the way back. There's so much smoke. All four of them put on sunglasses. Just like you taught us, boss. I had I had nothing but faith in you. I I I, I don't think Tomas is gonna even 
speak because of the immense amount of pride he feels right now. You know, I just want to point out, you were so sad thinking these guys were going to go to their death. And now you're just like, oh, oh, ye of little faith. It's called an emotional 180. It happens. Okay. I just had one. Let me enjoy this for a second. Something I actually did fucking worked. You just, you just need JT to roll. Yeah, ex- obviously. <laughs> obviously. So Gordon is going to slink over. He's going for the breaker box. Yep. You tell me what you're doing here, man. Uh, yeah, so Gordon is literally just going to turn the main breaker off. So Gordon finds a convenient avenue of shadow to stealth across. He doesn't need to roll for this. There is no chance of Gordon being spotted in a dark cavern with minimal lighting. Mm-hmm. He was raised in the darkness. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound like Yoda to me? <laughs> oh, raised in the darkness I was. In the darkness he was raised. <laughs> And he comes to a locked steel door. So what do you want me to roll? Dexterity plus larceny. Eight successes <laughs> with a crit. <laughs> so, sorry, I tried to sneak it back to you surreptitiously. Are any of those, is any part of that crit on hunger dice? Nope. <laughs> uh, hey, sometimes the dice work for you. Sometimes yeah. they work against you. We're just having that night for once. Yeah. It's amazing. Gordon is so inspired as he watches Guillermo dodge bullets and grenades. He salutes him and he picks the lock one-handed. Wow. He's not even looking at it. He's watching the display of pure athleticism. Yep, those are Tommaso's guys. The lock opens. Inside, Gordon finds a small, small closet. He sees utilities. He sees a water shutoff valve. And he sees what he's looking for, an electric breaker. It has a nice big sign that says, turn off here. Yeah. See, <laughs> if it's like every other like electric panel that I've ever seen, it has yeah, a little like does have an on-off, laminated yeah. like switch that says main power. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mine, Gordon flips that off. And as he's doing that... <laughs> Just because he's a dick, he flips off the water shut off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck your toilet. Yeah. <laughs> when he leaves, he takes, because I handed out four grenades, he takes another grenade, uh, pulls the pin, and tosses it in behind him, and just walks back into the shadows and disappears. <laughs> no dice roll required. <laughs> He shuts the door. It blows the door off the hinges. It does hit him on the way out. <laughs> no, it knocks his hat just slightly askew. <laughs> it gets a little m'lady going on. <laughs> he, he has his sunglasses up on his head. The door actually knocks them back down into place. <laughs> you guys fucking tell me what you do now. You have completely thrown everything into disarray. That's that is when I activate the nuke that I have. <laughs> that whole time, I said it already happened. We're done. It's done. I'm the just going to wrap up. There is no more ward. Uh, the, the chronicle is over. Thank you for listening to Bluegrass by Night. <laughs> I need you. I need you to make an intelligence preparedness roll, please. <laughs> that is one success. Uh, oh no. That's not good. You're. It's going to go off at an undetermined time now. <laughs> you don't have a nuke, but you do have a half-shaken bottle of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> the grenade behind Gordon detonates. We see the natural gas lines that run into here 
light off and ignite. Now there's a massive spewing gout of flame behind him, a huge fire illuminating the cavern somewhat. Certainly no inconvenient lighting for Gordon and the rest of the Clear Vision's crew. You see now all of the guards had begun to run directly towards the aircraft hangar-shaped building, intending to fall back and fortify a position. All right, boys, have at him. Sure thing, boss. With drinks. Oh, no, I'm pulling on my regular gun. <laughs> no! <laughs> well, they already know we're here, so fuck I it. I say, I'm so excited. I pull out the regular Clear Visions revolver. <laughs> you watch. There are 12 guards. They begin to form up at each of the entrances to the hangar. You see them forming up in two groups of six. What are we doing? I don't know, Grenade Man. What are we doing? Okay, are they inside the hangar or outside? Outside. I'm going to sit there, pull a pin, and throw a grenade in the middle of one set. As the Clear Visions crew looks out, they realize the guards only know that something is wrong. They only know that an invader is here. Someone is attacking them. They can't see you. The burning flame is too disruptive. They've just been attacked with grenades. They tried to shoot at someone and nothing happened. They don't have a chance right now. Gordon, give me a roll of dexterity plus athletics. The prescribed roll for throwing a grenade. It's made sure to check this, folks. Russell's just used his last willpower, folks. That's not good. But it was worth it. I That's think. not good. Spending yeah. your last willpower is kind of a big deal. There, 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 there's, yeah, no. There, that's two successes, but I also have a crit failure on a hunger die. You rolled how many successes? Two. <laughs> <laughs> that face says, damn, it was two. <laughs> yep. Gritted teeth, biting the lip. <laughs> well done, sir. Gordon, he's throwing so many grenades in his life. Somewhere in the corner of the screen, Gordon's grenade counter ticked up again. <laughs> I know there's a listener out there tracking our grenade uses. Tweet at us. <laughs> Gordon has thrown so many explosives. In fact, I think all of the explosives in this game have been thrown by Gordon. Except for my boys. So yeah, you think he'd be better at it by now? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is a beast. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs> He's confident that he can do this, though. He's sure of himself, and he notices that the shrapnel that flew off the breaker box building earlier, it cut him, and it slicked his hand. That's no big deal, though. Who cares? This is Gordon. Gordon will be fine. The grenade's going away from him. He's the one who matters here. He's the important one. The grenade veers off to the side. And we see it clink into the gravel at Guillermo's feet. Not Guillermo. <laughs> oh, no, not Guillermo. That's my favorite NPC. 360. Oh, fuck this. Clear Visions yells out, just like we practiced, Teresa, bomb threat! And I'm going to have her dive on the grenade. Oh, damn, what? 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 Yeah, I'm not letting Guillermo die. Are you kidding me? Holy shit. You're going to let Teresa die instead? I can make another Teresa. <laughs> Holy fuck. But you can't okay. make another Guillermo? No. 
This is Guillermo with two L's. <laughs> this is split second thinking. Give me wits plus animal Ken. I, I, I don't think I've ever been more shocked about something that you've done in either real life or game. And I've known you for like four years at this point. Wow. That'll be seven successes. <laughs> I did crit. <laughs> Teresa gives Clear Visions one last hug. She wraps her wings around him, swirls her neck around his. I give her a low kiss on the cheek. Blesses. She presses her cheek up against his. And then I take her and I whip her around like a bolus and throw her so that she gets some super speed to fly over there. It takes just one massive flap of her wings and she flies over. She spreads her wings and she shoves them into the gravel, wrapping them all the way around the grenade. She does a barrel roll, flattening down, pressing the grenade under her chest and into the deep gravel. A moment passes. There's a pause. Guillermo looks shocked. We see his eyes wide, eyebrows raised. He looks at his feet over at Teresa, and we hear a pop. Hey, that bird just died to keep me safe. Why'd she do that? That was pure tens across the board. Perfect form, Teresa. Perfect form. That's a horrible death. I'm actually sad about this, believe it or not. I am too. That's why I have waver in my voice. (laughs) (laughs) We see Teresa's proud death in life. She has served clear visions and she went out exactly as she would have wanted to treat it as one of clear visions disposable assets. Oh, deep cut right there. I have a question. Is this um, because Clear Vision is now officially part of the Five Humanity Club? No, this is because Guillermo is a cool dude. Okay. What? Literally, that's it. Okay. Also, I was worried that grenade was going to hit me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the real reason. I can't even give you a stain for that because you saved one human being by sacrificing <laughs> Teresa. Kindred. They are kindred. I'm sorry. You saved a kindred by sacrificing your familiar, so I can't even say stains are involved, even though Teresa was my favorite character. Mine, so. mine too. Teresa bless. As the remnants of Teresa's feathers flutter slowly to the ground, what is Tommaso doing? So, Tommaso, both stirred on by the absolutely stunning actions of his amazingly capable gang and seeing Teresa sacrifice takes a second cracks his neck one way cracks his neck the other way being spurned on both by the quite capable and shocking actions of his squad and Teresa's sacrifice yes I know He's going to crack his neck one direction. He's going to crack it the other way. He's going to start stepping forward toward the column that hasn't been occupied by his gang. And he's going to rouse for both toughness and shatter. And he's going to go into melee combat with these goons. Okay, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. I think you can only rouse Rouse for one. one discipline a turn. Okay, then I am going to go for shatter. I do not get hungrier. He's so fast, and right now there's so much chaos. We can see 
the remnants of Teresa's feathers falling to the ground. Guillermo is getting back to his feet and dusting himself off. The second Inquisition guards are still confused and have no idea what is going on because they've seen so many explosions and everything is going wrong right now. No one has tried this kind of frontal assault on them. And they see now a six foot four Sicilian man in black leather, huge and muscle bound, bearing down on them like a fucking hurricane. I've had a dream like this once. Ooh. <laughs> and that's a good moment to end our session. <laughs> hey, everyone. We are Monster Game Night. Thanks a ton for joining us tonight. I am Mike, your storyteller. And you have also been listening to... Ben playing Tommaso. Josh playing Clear Visions. Russell playing Gordon. Tune in next session. We release an episode every other Monday. Also follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to hear from you on social media. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit at Monster Game Night. Also, please give us a rating, write a review, and tell your friends and family about the show if you enjoyed it. Word of mouth is the best way for a small independent show like ours to grow. And we hope that you can come to our next That was that was the perfect. I said most of the words right that time. <laughs>